listening to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. Our guests today are Julie Musselman and Mary Beth Finster. We are, we are on day nine of our retreat, 33 Days to Morning Glory. Julie, can you fill in the gaps as to what this retreat is all about? We are reading the book, 33 Days to Morning Glory, a do-it-yourself retreat in preparation for Marian consecration by Father Michael Gately, who's one of the Marians of the Immaculate Conception up at the Divine Mercy Shrine in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Father Gately's written this wonderful book for busy people like us, and we are gathered here today to read through just two pages a day in the book and learn more about four great saints who were devoted to Mary and how their devotion can help us in our life to become consecrated to Jesus through Mary. Each day we will be reading about one of the Marian giants. We have St. Louis de Montfort, St. Maximilian Kolbe, Blessed Mother Teresa, and St. Pope John Paul II. As we read each day and learn about each of these saints and their devotion to Mary, we will be preparing to consecrate ourselves to Jesus through Mary on the Marian Feast Day at the end of the 33 days. We're excited that you're here and joining us, and let's begin. Today as we start Chapter 9, it is the first of a two-part series. We'll hear Part 2 tomorrow. It's entitled, Who Are You, O Immaculate Conception? Today, Father Gately tells us that yesterday when he mentioned St. Maximilian's arrest by the Gestapo, he left out a remarkable detail that will be important for today's reflection. Two hours before his arrest, the future saint penned the single most important theological reflection of his life. It was nothing less than the answer that had eluded him for so many years. The answer to the question he had pondered over and over from the earliest days of his religious life. That question is, who are you? Immaculate Conception. In today's reflection, we'll begin to unpack this remarkable document. But before we do, let's pause and say a silent prayer to the Immaculata, asking for the grace to receive Colby's wisdom. His document begins as follows. Immaculata Conception. These words fell from my lips of the Immaculata herself. Hence, they must tell us in the most precise and essential manner who she really is. Who are you, O Immaculata Conception? Well, that's a good question, but still no answer. Later in the same document, St. Maximilian Kolbe points out a simple but key point. At the apparitions in Lourdes, Mary didn't say to St. Bernadette, I was immaculately conceived, but rather, I am the immaculate conception. This might seem to be a problem. After all, Mary was immaculately conceived. In other words, through a special grace from God, she was conceived in the womb of her mother, St. Anne, without any stain of original sin, by the foreseen merits of her son, Jesus Christ. So why does she speak so strangely? Why does she make the grace she received at her conception her very name? Doesn't this almost seem as if she were making herself divine? Clearly, Mary is not God. Colby was wrestling with this apparent divinity problem, so to speak, for decades, and it led to the following solution. Father Gately writes, The Immaculate Conception is divine, but the one he's talking about isn't Mary. It's the Holy Spirit. In other words, Colby believed there are two Immaculate Conceptions, Mary and the Holy Spirit. Mary is the created Immaculate Conception, and the Holy Spirit is the uncreated Immaculate Conception. In other words, Before there was a created Immaculate Conception, which is Mary, for all eternity, there is an uncreated Immaculate Conception. 
the one who for all eternity springs from God the Father and God the Son as an uncreated conception of the love and who is the prototype of all the conceptions that multiply life throughout the whole universe. So the Father begets the Son, the Son is begotten, the Spirit is the conception that springs forth from love. We're getting into some deep (laughs) Trinity theology here, aren't we? (laughs) But can I tell you that listening to that and and then reading it, it just, it's so mind-boggling to me. I've never had it explained like that where I understood it. And that makes such sense. It's one of those concepts that as I read this today, it makes sense to me. But two, three, four years ago, before I had done some of the research and study I've actually done on the Trinity, I would have been going, what is he talking about? That's nonsense. And for those who really want to go a whole lot deeper into the Trinity, Mike's father, Michael Gately, has a whole (laughs) other study on the one thing is three, which you can really delve deep into that. But suffice it to say, the Trinity, God is love. We know that's true. And so really this relationship between the Father begetting the Son, the Son being the begotten, and the Spirit being the bond of love, the conception that springs forth from their love, really is just saying that God is in eternity, one God, three persons, all about love. Which we profess this every week in the Creed. Now, the Holy Spirit is a conception in the sense of being the life and love that springs from the love of the Father and the Son. In some analogous way, there's the conception of children who spring from the love of husband and wife. The Holy Spirit is an immaculate conception because being God, He is obviously without sin. And finally, the Holy Spirit is an eternal, uncreated conception because, again, he is God. And how awesome that our God allows us to have that shadow, shadow of his just creation <laughs> as we, you know, as we unite with our spouses and create this love, as Scott Hahn so beautifully says that, you know, in nine months you have to call it a name. <laughs> the love of the right. father and the mother is so strong. Yeah, nine months later you might have to give it a name. Okay, so this covers Colby's teaching that the Holy Spirit is the Immaculate Conception. But why do you think Mary calls herself by the same name? We'll leave this question for tomorrow. Oh, I really want to answer today. I, just, I feel like I want to go ahead. I, I, We're going to probe through this, though, in the question. So let's just end this portion by saying our prayer for today. Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary. Unveil for me the meaning of the Immaculate Conception. Amen. One of the things that I like about that prayer is that we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit will unveil for me that meaning of the Immaculate Conception. And who better than to look at our Blessed Mother, because what does it say in the Bible? She pondered these things in her heart. And I think that's the intention of this book that Father Michael Gately has written. We are reading only a short Mm -hmm. two pages a day, but the idea is we're pondering them throughout the day. And I think this is a huge thing to ponder, the Trinity, the eternalness of it, the fact that Mary is the Immaculate Conception, as she tells St. Bernadette, that the Holy Spirit is the uncreated Immaculate Conception. We've got some big things here, Mary Beth, and as much as I join you in wanting to answer that right away, I think if we will do well to really kind of take today and ponder it and unpack it a little bit more. And even the Immaculate Conception, that gets confusing because sometimes we think it's that Jesus was immaculately Mm -hmm. conceived. 
from the minute he was in Mary's womb. But the Immaculate Conception describes Mary from the point that she was immaculately conceived in St. Anne's womb. Her mother, right. And we celebrate that feast day in time on December 8th. And as we wrap up today, I would like to just kind of do a little bit of disclaimer here. As we read through this 33 Days to Morning Glory, we sound very conversational, but really, Julie, Mary Beth, and myself, we're reading. <laughs> we are reading the words of Father Michael Gately with a little bit of commentary interjected in the middle. So if you're thinking, wow, these three ladies are really smart, no, we're just good readers. <laughs> and it really is a good encouragement, Mary, for people to get mm-hmm. the book so they can read it exactly for themselves. And the footnotes are extensive in this book. So you can go also to the sources that Father Gately went to and, and really unpack this at a much deeper level. And that's at 33daystomorningglory.com. 33daystomorningglory.com to get your copy of the book we're reading from the Do-It-Yourself Retreat book, 33 Days to Morning Glory, and the Retreat Companion, which we'll be unpacking those questions coming up next on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. You're listening to Immaculate Mary by Mary and Grace. To hear more, visit us at lovegoodmusic.com. Blessed the 
back to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. We are getting into the discussion questions. Okay, Mary Beth, you wanted some answers. I think we're going to get them here. Question number one on day nine of our retreat. St. Maximilian's most important reflection on the mystery of the Immaculate Conception comes in a sudden burst of insight just two hours before he's arrested by the Nazis. Have you ever experienced a sudden or surprising understanding about a relationship with a person or a lifelong question? Was it after or during prayer? How did it change you or the situation? A couple years ago, I got to visit the Divine Mercy Shrine in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, and it was one of those sudden kind of surprising, although in hindsight, not really, uh, understandings where I really had a glimpse of my life to that point and what God might be calling me to do. I met there several people. That's uh, The Divine Mercy Shrine is where our author, Father Michael Gately, lives. But he was accompanied by some people up there who live and work with the Marians that could only be described as all in. And there weren't just, it wasn't just one person. There were several people who had given up many of many things in their life, their job, their position, their rank, and they had followed a calling to come and work to spread divine mercy and this Marian consecration. And when I met these people, I can only compare it to uh, Luke 24, the walk to Emmaus, where their hearts were burning Uh, The the disciples' hearts were burning when Jesus explained these things to him. That's how I felt when I was meeting these people. I I had this clarity of what is that going to mean for me in my life today to be all in, given my responsibilities, my vocation. Um, But it, it, it was just such a beautiful moment there where I really felt that I understood things in a way I, I had not previously done. Mary, how about for you? When have those moments come to you, before or after prayer? Actually, it can be both as far as whether it was during prayer or after prayer. I've had both, but oftentimes the after, after you've gone through something, um, I often said, you know, God speaks to us quietly during the chaos, but he screams at us much later during the quiet. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when you're in the midst of something, you may not get it. You may not. All you do is just kind of keep your eye on God, and sometimes other people are taking your hand or praying for you. But then later, after you have those uh, years um, to ponder, you can look back, and then God screams at you what he was trying to communicate. I love those moments. So how do you get to those moments? You know, where, where do you go to get those moments? Is it uh, spending all day in church? Talk a little bit about that, Mary Beth, because you really are an observer of those moments. My, my husband calls you a mystic. <laughs> <laughs> I try to grab them anywhere I can, but most importantly, I, I do think it's just been because our house is so noisy. That I have to find, like, I love time out. I wish somebody would send me in my room for time out, but I do have a particular chair. It's very weathered now, and and our home is on the water, so I get a beautiful view as the sun's coming up, and it's so peaceful. And sometimes I'll burn a candle, and nobody's awake, and nobody needs me yet. And and because you know what happens the rest, the minute you put your foot down, uh, of course I have my coffee. You have to have that coffee with you. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. no, knowing spending time with 
with God. And the interesting analogy I've always used with my kids is is like water skiing. The rope that holds the, the, the swimmer out in the water, if you're not connected to that rope, do you think you're going to get up? You won't. I mean, you may try to get up and you fall and all that, but as long as you're connected to the rope, well, that's what prayer is. And, of course, the Eucharist, these, these are our lifelines. We have to have that connection or we won't see anything clearly. That's a great point. And for people who might not be morning people, I know you get up really early. Sometimes I'll, uh, you're three or four in the morning, super early. I, I'm certainly not there, but one of the habits that's been a <laughs> tremendous blessing in my, my life is the daily mass. And going there for that lifeline, just like you're saying, holding on to the ski rope or, or that lifeline of the Eucharist, hearing the word, the gospel every single day, and then receiving Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And, you know, if you've never been to Mass on a daily basis, if you've only ever been on Sundays, try it. Try it once a week. Try it once a month. Try it on first Friday of the month or first Saturday Daily Mass is such a gift, a half an hour long. It's shorter than a Sunday Mass. Uh, there's always pretty much the same people there. You you get this adopted family of, of those people that come every day, and it's just a yes. real blessing. And, you know, Julie, during the years when I was working and I couldn't get to Daily Mass, uh, you know, just reading the readings of the church for that day, because there are seasons uh, whether your responsibilities do not allow you to make it to Daily Mass, Certainly following along with the church readings is a way to stay immersed in the Word of God so you don't feel like you're missing out because He will speak to you. I have to say the first time I attended, well, I can't say the first time because I grew up in Catholic school, so I went to daily Mass frequently. I think we did twice a week. But as an adult with children, the first time I attended daily Mass, my youngest daughter was three or four years old. and I remember walking into the church, which it wasn't my local parish because it had an early Mass. I went to a Mm. later one. I felt like I was walking into a special club. And at, at first you're like, wow. But within one or two masses, you're like, hey, I belong to this club. This is a special club and I'm a member. And don't you also feel when you have small children that everybody hears them crying? And you feel so <laughs> like you need to remove them. But oftentimes, you know, the, those that have mm-hmm. already been there, done that, look back with smiles to encourage you to just keep trying, keep trying. So many days I was out in our narthex on my knees with a screaming kid and Julie would walk up and said, let me take Aww. him. You go in. <laughs> well, and going way back, Mary Beth and I met in the cry room. That's great. We, we met in the cry room. She had two little girls uh-huh. and I had my rambunctious boys. And so it's a great blessing. We do need to get on to question two. St. Maximilian says that Mary is the Immaculate Conception in the most precise and essential manner. Those are very stunning thoughts, precise and essential. So let's think about that. Precisely and essentially, who are you and who do you wish to become? When I see that word precise, I think of hitting the mark, just a bullseye, a center. And I go back to that Gothic window in Europe where you look at it and you see Jesus in the center and everything flowing. One of the things that is precise for us through our baptism, we are children of God. That stamps out a, a bullnose that defines everything. That was one of the same things I had put down in my notes in answering this question is precisely and essentially who are you? I would have to say I am a daughter of the Most High God. 
not by any merit of my own, but purely by his grace through baptism. And I even feel a little self-conscious just even saying that, that I am a daughter of the Most High God. It, 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 it almost feels just like you're bragging or, or you're too proud. Obviously, I know my own sin, but through that baptism, through being fed by the Eucharist, through regular forgiveness, through the sacrament of confession, that is essentially and precisely who we all are and who we all can be. And if we really understand that and live that, then we have one goal in this life, and it is to be with God in heaven forever. And that's called sainthood. And it takes us back to week one where St. Louis de Montfort says, 33 Days to Morning Glory, the book by Father Gately, and all types of Marian consecration are the surest, easiest, and most perfect way to become a saint. And how often do we think that's just for saints? Right. That we Not me. I can't be it. Well, that we can't have that puzzle piece. But see, that's the thing is that God knew from the beginning of time who we were and how our puzzle piece fits into this grand picture of eternity. And once we understand what our puzzle piece is, through the awesome gift of being a child of God, big or little, as St. Therese showed us, the little way, through the God has a plan for your life. I think some of our older listeners will really uh, remember this from the Baltimore Catechism. Maybe you memorized it growing up. Uh, why did God make me? To know him, to love him, to serve him in this life and be happy with him in heaven forever. I wish you know, that we still memorize that today. I've been trying to teach that to my own children because the truth of that first question of the Baltimore Catechism really explains everything. Great job, ladies. And that wraps up our first two questions for Day 9 on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. We are using Father Michael Gately's book, 33 Days to Morning Glory. It is a do-it-yourself retreat and the retreat companion that was written by Carol Younger. The retreat companion has four thoughts or questions that you are to ponder throughout the day. You can get your copy of these resources at 33daystomorningglory.com. That's the numbers 33daystomorningglory.com. You are invited to participate in this discussion as well. If you'll notice under the podcast, there are comment spaces. We'd love to hear your comments, thoughts on the questions on the podcast on consecration. If you have any questions that that you're concerned about at this point, feel free to ask those questions in the comment section of the podcast of Real Life Radio. Real Life Radio is a listener supported radio station. Why don't you join the team? Visit realliferadio.com. That's realliferadio.com, a very unique giving program that we have is called our Care to Share program. Check it out and see what you think. That's realliferadio.com. Two questions left. We will be right back with that and more here on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. You're listening to Immaculate Mary by Mary and Grace. To hear more, visit us at lovegoodmusic.com. Sit down. 
back to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham, Julie Musselman, and Mary Beth Finster. We are working on consecrating our lives to Jesus Christ through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and we are working in the Retreat Companion, 33 Days to Morning Glory. I would like to invite you to get your own copy of the resources we're using at 33daystomorningglory.com. Let's get right back into question number three. Was the idea of the Holy Spirit as the uncreated Immaculate Conception a surprise to you? As St. Maximilian understands it, this uncreated, immaculate, holy, sinless conception springs from the Father and the Son's relationship with each other. How does this relationship among the persons of the Trinity shed light on how they relate to humanity? It was a surprise to me, actually, because when I read that, I, I really had to unpack all of it. Uncreated, immaculate conception. First, I had to wrap my arms around those three words and try to define it. But when I think about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that comes to us in the sacraments of baptism and confirmation, I I think of that. I think of how Mary is united to the Holy Spirit by her being the created Immaculate Conception. And we, too, are united to the Holy Spirit when we have that outpouring um, and when we bind ourselves to Mary. So we have a partaking of the divine life. I always look back at some of the titles of the Holy Spirit to kind of understand that better. And some of the titles are Advocate, Consoler, uh, Guide. And and I look at that bond between the Father and the Son, and and St. Pope John Paul II teaches us that the Father pours out His love to the Son, the Son returns all of that love back to the Father, and the bond of that love is the Holy Spirit. And that kind of unconditional, eternal love is always creative. And how often do we pray to the Holy Spirit when we're, you know, needing some advice or some creativity or, or a thought, and we say, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. And He does. He, show up, he shows up he creates, he is creative, and he's always life-giving. And so it was definitely a surprise to me to kind of po- contemplate the uncreated Immaculate Conception being the Holy Spirit and then the Immaculate Conception being Mary. And that how does that all fit in together? But when I come back to, like you said, Mary Beth, the meaning of those words, that really helped me to kind of ponder it a little bit more and and go a little bit deeper with it. And when you think about it, in Mass, when the priest is ready to consecrate, it's the Holy Spirit that changes that bread and wine into Jesus. And that, that the Holy Spirit is the one that acts in and through all of us to bring Jesus to us. And we see that, as we mentioned before the break, you see that personified in a mother and a father and a child. Only a shadow, of course, you know, the, the Trinity is eternal and uncreated, but you see when a father, uh, a human father, pours out his love to his wife, uh, the, the wife in turn gives all her love back to her husband, and as Scott Hahn says, nine months later you might have to give it a name because there is that created bond in our human experience, which is a shadow of the Trinity, and and that's God's plan for us and for humanity and that life-giving love. Let's go ahead now and move on to question number four. In Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 15, it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named 
that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with might through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The goal of your union with Christ is to share in every life of God, the Holy Trinity. The goal of our union with Christ is to share in the very life of God, the Holy Trinity. As we consecrate ourselves to Mary and let her guide us, how can her special relationship with the Holy Spirit and Christ help us share more fully in the life of the Trinity? Well, one of the things I always look at is Mary always points us to her son. We've talked about that in previous days. Uh, John 19, at the foot of the cross, Jesus gives his mother to the beloved apostle. He gives the beloved apostle to Mary, and that symbolizes all of us who are given to Mary as her children, and she is our mother. And she always points us to her son, but in this reading that we're doing today with her looking at her spouse as the Holy Spirit, I think we're really seeing that she also is going to take us to her spouse and reveal the Holy Spirit to us. And the Trinity is a deep and profound mystery. It is the deepest and most profound mystery of our existence and of the Christian faith, to be sure. But that doesn't mean we don't explore it. We don't say, oh, I'm not a theologian, I can't understand any of that. I think our Lord has brought us into life through the Trinity, and we need to explore it to the extent that we can. And so I've really enjoyed kind of meditating on these big theological concepts. Mary Beth, you're kind of... (laughs) I'm not quite as... uh, (laughs) Because I'm still having to try to unpack it, but I think just the simple, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, when I think of that image as Mary being the spouse of the Holy Spirit, she is united to Him. So if we are bound to Mary, and she's the spouse of the Holy Spirit, and we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, I just see this big, huge unleashing of the Holy Spirit. I, I That's that's what it means to me. And I like, uh, have you ever heard anyone say to you, um, you know, again, why, why don't you just go to Jesus? What, what's with all these other people, me and Jesus kind of thinking? And I would say to that, if you are close to Jesus, what is Jesus going to say to you? Let me show you my family. You know, you don't really know a, a person until you see their family. And in that way, he's going to show us the Trinity, he's going to show us his mother, and he's going to show us all his brothers and sisters who are not only the saints in heaven, but us here on earth and and the holy souls in purgatory. And it's one big, happy family, truly. Oh, and you've got a son that's engaged. And could you imagine if your future daughter-in-law just said, you know, I don't want to meet the mother, the future (laughs) mother-in-law and father-in-law. That's right. You really get to know a person by, uh, for good or bad, in, in our humanity. You know, you know a lot about a person based on their family. This verse from Ephesians chapter 3 it really would be a great one to pull out and uh, really just read through it several times today as we're pondering all of these big thoughts. I know there's, a, there's a, a song that we sing a lot at Mass, May Our Lives Be Rooted in Love, that is derived from this verse in, in sacred scripture. And I really take that verse into my heart today. May our lives be rooted in love. And what is love? Love is most clearly defined by sacrifice, is wanting, willing the goal, the good of the other as other. And we get a training ground in our families every single day of our lives in a that shadow that we keep talking about, our, our lives shadow the mystery of the Trinity. And Julie, you brought up a good point about music. 
just every so often, of course, in the car, we always have the radio on, but sometimes I'll just put on a praise and worship song of maybe something I'm meditating on, and I will really look at those words and just get into the moment. I have my ear, earphones on, I'm in my chair, and it's the beauty, and, and art too. I'll just pick up something that is a great work of art. Maybe in the Renaissance period, I'll just Google it, and I'll just meditate on it and stare at these great treasures that we have to enhance our prayer. And I think when you use music and art, you're using the truth, the goodness, and the beauty that is part of the Catholic Church. And I think that those images and hearing those songs really get something a lot deeper in our head than just a a casual reading of of a scripture verse might. Uh, And those songs particularly, sometimes they are stuck in your head. (laughs) (laughs) Mary Beth, can you please lead us in closing prayer? The closing prayer is, Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, unveil for me the meaning of the Immaculate Conception. In addition to our daily prayer, we have a weekly prayer that we pray every single day, and this week's prayer is, Subtuum Presudium. Let us pray. We fly to your patronage, O Holy Mother of God. Despise not our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us from all danger. O ever-glorious and blessed Virgin, Amen. You are listening to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. Our guests have been Mary Beth Finster and Julie Musselman. Still to come, we are going to look at St. Louis de Montfort's spiritualities. That's coming up in the next quarter hour here on Living Witnesses. Just want to remind you that Real Life Radio is a listener-supported radio station. That means we depend on donations from our listeners to keep this radio station on the air. If you like what you're hearing, stop by realliferadio.com. That's realliferadio.com and make your pledge. I also want to invite you to leave your comments on our podcast page. I'd love to hear your input on the questions that we've been reviewing. What's what's your answers? Do you have questions, things that aren't quite making sense during this retreat? You can also pose those questions to us on the comment page. Living Witnesses is typically about people's stories. Typically, we, we share with you people's faith walks and their journeys. Everybody has a story, even you. Yes, you have a story. And I would love to hear your story. Email Mary at cultureoflifemedia.com. That's Mary at cultureoflifemedia.com. So we can get your story on the air. We'll be right back with St. Louis de Montfort Spiritualities right after this on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. You're listening to Immaculate Mary by Mary and Grace. To hear more, visit us at lovegoodmusic.com.
Now is the time in our consecration preparation that we look at the spirituality of St. Louis de Montfort and what were the prayers and readings that he looked at as he prepared his heart to be consecrated to Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Our reading today is once again from Thomas A. Kempis, The Imitation of Christ. It's book one, chapter 13, and it's a continuation from yesterday. If you would like to read this reading, it is on fisheaters.com. Our first prayer for today is once again, Vene Creator. So we listen to this prayer being sung. Let's ponder our first two discussion questions. And today's first question reads, have you ever experienced a sudden or surprising understanding about a relationship with a person or lifelong question? Was it after or during prayer? How did it change you or the situation? And our second question for pondering today, St. Maximilian says that Mary is the Immaculate Conception. Precisely and essentially, who are you and who do you wish to become? Oh, yeah. 
are on day nine. Was the idea of the Holy Spirit at the uncreated Immaculate Conception a surprise to you? How does this relationship among the persons of the Trinity shed light on how they relate to humanity? And question number four, the goal of our union with Christ is to share in the very life of God, the Holy Trinity. As we consecrate ourselves to Mary and let her guide us, how can her special relationship with the Holy Spirit in Christ help us share more fully in the life of the Trinity? Let's listen to Mary and Grace as we ponder these questions.
focuses on is the Magnificat, which comes directly from the Scriptures. Let us pray. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has looked with favor on His lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. He has mercy on those who fear Him in every generation. He has shown the strength of His arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. That is Luke 1, 46-55. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Just a reminder that Real Life Radio is a nonprofit organization. We are a listener-supported radio station. We would love to have you be a part of our team. Visit realliferadio.com. That's realliferadio.com. And click on the Care to Share button. Together we are reaching the next generation. We're going to listen now to Immaculate Mary. This is by Mary and Grace. You can find her music at lovegoodmusic.com. We'll be back tomorrow with Living Witnesses on Real Life Radio with Mary Graham. We pray for all.